Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Fried Green Tomatoes. If you haven't had a chance to catch our other episodes, please go check those out. Uh, today in episode five, we will be discussing harvesting your cannabis plants. And this is the exciting part where we finally get to see the fruits of our labor. Once again, I'm Lauren and joining me is my friend David. Hello again, everybody. Okay, so what do we need to do before harvesting? Okay, so there's a certain number of steps that you need to go through to prepare each plant when you're getting ready to harvest it. Uh, as we discussed in the last episode, and if you haven't listened to that one, I highly suggest you go check it out, is you're, you're going to want to make sure that you're checking for pests, um, you know, discard damaged pieces of the plant, um, check for things like fungus, um, insect infestations, things of that nature, because, again, this is something you're going to be ingesting in one form or another. So you want to be very careful and inspect the plant thoroughly to make sure that you're not putting anything harmful into your body. So that's step number one. Take a good look over the entire plant. Uh, make sure there's nothing abnormal, um, nothing crawling over it. And um, again, usually fungus will look kind of like white powder um, on the leaves or on the buds. And if you see anything like that, um, you know, then, then there's more steps you're going to need to take to deal with that issue before you can actually harvest. The second thing you're going to do after you've inspected the plant that's clean is you are going to do um, a light defoliation. So a cannabis plant has two different kinds of leaves. One is going to be the fan leaves, and this is the big seven to nine and sometimes even five bladed uh, leaves that you see, you know, all the all of the materials on cannabis that you can buy, like T-shirts and logos, all that stuff. They usually use that type of a leaf as the symbol. So you want to cut all of those off of the plant away from the stalk. There is a second kind of leaf that will be um, coming out of and be around the buds, and they will be covered in that trichome frost, just like the buds are. And those are called sugar leaves for that reason, because they have that frost over here. Now there's there's two schools of thought. Some people leave these leaves on the buds um, for post-harvest for drying um, to make the, the plant dry more uniform. Some people trim them then, right when they're um, harvesting the plant. And it's really up to personal preference. Uh, myself personally, I keep them on um, just because I find that it extends the drying process. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about the drying process you know in depth on our next episode but um, just for for the purposes of this episode just know that it is better to elongate the drying period as opposed to making your your buds dry quickly so once you've trimmed off all your leaves you're ready to move on to the last thing that you need to do before you can actually uh, start harvesting the plant and you're going to need to flush it so um, when you're growing with mineral nutrients flushing is recommended usually about two weeks before harvest. Um, sometimes you can push it out to a week if, if you're pretty aggressive with it. But the whole reason that you want to flush your plant is because if you leave those nutrients um, in the soil, the plant, once it is done curing, is not going to have the quality as far as enjoying smoking it, for example, um, because it's going to have a harsher taste. Um, it's going to cause more coughing and more things of that nature. Um, so it's very, very important that you, if you are um, a person who values the flavor and how smooth the smoke is, that you flush the plants pretty thoroughly before you begin harvest. And again, that you want to start that about two weeks before. 
Okay, so how do we flush the indoor cannabis plants? So uh, the term flushing of a plant basically means just run a whole bunch of water without any fertilizers in it uh, through the growing medium. So whether it's soil or cocoa or whatever, if you're if you're a hydro grower, um, this isn't something you really need to worry about. Uh, and the whole the whole purpose of this is to get rid of the excess nutrients, minerals, and salts that are going to be um, living inside of that soil that you've been feeding it so that it stays healthy this whole time. Um, so flushing all these nutrients out of the soil forces the plant to use up any of the nutrients that it hadn't absorbed yet, um, and it'll burn through that as it grows. And again, the plants are going to smell better, they're going to smoke better, they're going to taste better. Um, so all of those, if those are things that you're interested in, are a must, and that's how you do it. So now we'll talk about the actual act of flushing the plant itself. So what you're going to do is you're going to place the plant in a large container, um, a bucket or, or a tub or something like that. And this is to collect all the excess water that you're going to be running through the plant. Um, you need to be careful because we are going to be running large amounts of water through this plant. So anything that's runoff, if it's just in a normal saucer that you have for growing, that's going to overflow. So again, make sure it's in something larger, a tub or something like that, so you don't damage your grow space. Um, when we're talking about the amount of water that you need, the general rule is that you're going to calculate three times the volume of whatever the pot is that you're using to grow. Um, so for example, if you have um, a five-gallon pot full of five gallons of soil, you're going to want to run 15 gallons of water through that plant over the course of two weeks to flush out all of those nutrients. Um, at first, start small with, um, you know, just a gallon or two of water to see how the plant reacts, um, because this is going to shock it, especially, you know, depending on the temperature of the water and the pH, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And again, the easiest way to do this is put it in a big tub, shower, whatever, and um, just keep on pouring water into it until you start seeing water come out of the bottom. Then you give it, you know, 30, 45 seconds, let all that run off, and then do another gallon. And then wait, give it another 30 seconds for it to stop running off, and then continue that process. Now, the, the excess water is going to slowly drain from the bottom of the pot. And, um, you know, uh, in the beginning, the water from the pot's going to be dark. You'll see sediment material, you'll see brown water, um, and then the more water you run through it, it's going to get clearer and clearer. And if you run through this um, on each one of your plants, you're going to get rid of that salt built up and you're going to you're going to flush away all the substrate and, and you're going to discard all this runoff water. You don't have a use for it anymore. That's okay. generally the process of flushing a plant. All right. And when do we stop fertilizing? So around that same time period, if you're going to start flushing at two weeks, Prior to harvest, you're, you want to make sure that you're not feeding it any fertilizer um, before that two-week period. So right around the same time. And, um, you know, generally in the industry, people do it about two weeks. That seems to be enough time for the plant to absorb everything that's left in the pot before you harvest it. Okay. And just, just make sure that not only does it not have any fertilizer, um, but there's other things that, you know, the, the macronutrients – 
excuse me, the micronutrients that you add as well, like CalMeg, things like that. Make sure that also isn't in the water. It needs to be just straight dechlorinated tap water or distilled or purified water. And that's, that's it. Okay. Um, and when do we stop watering? So as with any other uh, discussion about watering, it's always going to depend on the size of the pot or, or whatever you have the plant in that you're growing it in. The bigger the pot, the longer it's going to be that you're going to need to give it time to dry out. When a cannabis plant has reached the end of its life and you stop watering it, it recognizes that and it knows that its time is almost up. So when you do that, um, it's going to increase the bud production. It's going to increase the THC production at the very, very end because it knows it's about to die. So it's going to give one last ditch effort to um, reproduce, which is going to be increasing bud size. And, um, you know, because of that, you will then create more THC, which will give you um, increased benefits. But generally speaking, probably somewhere in the one to three day range. And then there are other growers who actually just start drying while it's still on the plant. So they don't water um, for the last week, week and a half before they harvest just to kind of kickstart the drying process. Okay. And speaking about drying, how do we uh, need to prepare our drying space? So one of the key factors in a drying space is that it needs to be dark. Um, putting direct light on a drying bud can make the trichomes evaporate and waste all of the hard work that you did for the months prior. So dark is extremely, extremely, extremely important. Um, the temperature should be around 20 degrees Celsius. Uh, relative humidity should stay around 50, and it needs a constant um, airflow. The reason for the airflow is that the soil houses the immune system of the plant and the root system. Once the plant is cut down, it no longer has access to its immune system. Um, molds and fungus in the air, which is in all the air everywhere, so it's unavoidable, sees a plant with no immune system and sees an easy target. So the idea is that you want constant airflow to prevent mold from taking root on your buds and also wasting all the hard work. Right. Okay, and how do we know when to harvest in regards to the pistols and trichomes? Okay, so if you've listened to our previous episodes, you know what pistols and trichomes are. But for those of you who don't, I'll just do a quick, um, you know, an elevator speech about that. So pistols are the little hairs that are all over the plant. They start out white, uh, straight hairs, and then as the plant ripens, they get darker, usually orange or uh, dark brown, and then they start curling up and um, getting close to the bud. Trichomes are um, generally concerned, uh, generally spoken of as the frost on the plant. And what that looks like, it's going to look like, you know, frost or, or snow or, or little um, white droplets all over the buds. Those are the trichomes, and that's where the actual THC is produced for the plant. So this is going to cover every single inch of the bud. You're going to take a jeweler's loop and you're going to uh, zoom in on those, or you can get like a, uh, a little, um, you know, Bluetooth microscope that you can attach to your phone, and then you can, you can look at it that way. Um, but what you're looking for is the trichomes look like um, kind of like a little mushroom, like they have a stem and then a little ball on the end of it. So 
um, when that ball on the end of the stem is completely transparent, looks like glass or water, that means that there's no THC. If it's white or milky, that means that there's THC inside of it, and then um, it it has the potential to get you higher, give you the effect that you're looking for. And then if the ball turns brown or amber, that means that the THC has degraded um, and the plant is no longer producing THC. It is now in its death cycle. So um, as far as pistols go, you know that it's time to harvest when around 75% of those pistols are no longer white. So they're either orange or brown and they're shriveled up towards the bud. So when 75% when of those are like that, it's likely time to harvest. Um, if you want to be more exact about it, you need to look at the trichomes. So for the trichome production, what you're looking for is you're looking for anywhere from 10, maybe even less than that, 5 to 15% of the trichomes are, are brown and amber. Then you know um, the plant has pretty much reached its peak potency and it's not going to create too much more THC. So that's when you know that it's time to uh, cut the plant down. Okay, and when we are ready to harvest, what tools do we need? The first things that you're going to need are shears or scissors to actually um, cut the plant down and to trim it. You're going to need isopropyl alcohol or rubbing alcohol. Um, really, any alcohol that has 70% or greater alcohol by volume will work. You're going to need uh, plastic gloves or latex gloves, depending on, on what you prefer. Um, and you're going to need a, a plastic tray to put all your branches in, and you're going to need a drying rack to hang all of the buds. You're gonna need hangers to dry the buds from, and then you're going to need a location that is dark to allow them to dry that has adequate airflow, whether that be a box or a tent or a closet or whatever, wherever you're gonna dry them, just it needs to be dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next most important thing after that is make sure everything is clean. Again, there's mold and fungus and things that want to attack a dying plant in the air and all over every surface. So before you put your plant in its weakest state possible, make sure everything is clean. Um, set up your workplace before you even start cutting anything down. Clean all the tools with alcohol, clean your hands, make sure that you're wearing the plastic gloves. Like I said before, don't touch the plant with your bare hands. Um, and always keep rubbing alcohol close to clean your tools as you go throughout the harvest process. Okay, and how do we start cutting? All right, so it depends on the yield that you got from your plant. Usually what I do is I start by cutting the plant at its base and cut it completely out of the root system. I then take that entire plant, uh, turn it upside down, put it on a hanger, and I hang it up. Then what I do is I will cut off all the big fan leaves, um, especially anything that's dying or, or looks like it has pests or mold or anything like that. Definitely get rid of all that. After I've done that, this is where it, it divides into two schools of thought. You have the entire plant. It has no fan leaves on it. Everything that's on it has no fungus, no mold, nothing like that. So it is at this point, you can just leave the entire plant hanging there to dry. And then that's when the curing process would begin. So that's one school of thought. Again, as we talked about earlier, this makes 
the entire plant dry evenly and it slows down the drying process. The other school of thought in this is that once it's upside down, the entire plant is hanging, um, you cut off a group of branches one by one and then hang them all separately on you know, maybe four or five per coat hanger, and then you can spread it out into a wider area, <clears throat> which increases your airflow, reduces the risk of um, mold and pest, so on and so forth. So um, if you're doing the latter of the two methods, generally, once you cut off a individual branch, you will also, um, Hold the entire branch in your hand and you will slowly trim off all the sugar leaves on the buds as well. So that the only thing that is left is the actual branch that it's hanging from and the literal physical buds on the end of it. And obviously for anyone who has um, smoked raw flour before, you should know what buds look like. So then you should know what you're, you're trimming and what you're not trimming. And again, you don't want to... Um, you don't want to go too far to try to get all these sugar leaves out. A lot of people can over trim and cut out big chunks of smokable product just because they want to get rid of those sugar leaves. And um, it's really not worth not only the investment of time, but not only the loss of product just to, re to reduce the number of sugar leaves. Now, the reason that you want to reduce the number of sugar leaves is twofold. One, um, having sugar leaves still attached to your buds is going to make your end product slightly weaker. Two, the more sugar leaves that you can cut off of the plant um, and put in your trim, the more that can be used for other things like uh, hash or butters, oils, things of that nature. So the more of the sugar leaves that you get off, the more potent the other products that you're creating from your trim are going to be. Mm -hmm. So again, you can trim either. Um, but for me personally, I prefer to leave the sugar leaves on there. And the reason that I prefer to do that is because the sugar leaves end up um, curling up around the buds and creating almost like a little product protective shell around your trichomes that are going to not only keep it even darker, but also prevent, you know, if you accidentally rub your hand up against it or something like that, it's going to prevent those trichomes from, um, being destroyed in that way. It'll also help with them not evaporating, which is also a real risk in this phase. Um, you know, you've, you've gotten this far and you can ruin the entire grow by not paying attention to some of these steps. Okay. And what else do we need to know about drying? So, um, there's a whole bunch of different products out there that you can use to help you dry your cannabis. Again, some people will hang the entire plant. Some people will hang individual branches. Um, whatever they're doing, make sure they're upside down so that all the water more quickly gets to the bud and then evaporates out. Um, there's also drying racks you can buy, um, drying bags that you can buy. There's also machines. Um, they're a little pricey, but you can also buy machines that will um, slow dry your bud for you and it looks almost like a little mini fridge and you can just put your buds in there uh, and it'll dry it for you but the key is that it needs to be a dry dark well ventilated area 
Um, make sure that if you have an exhaust fan, this is running 24-7 inside of a tent um, or closet. Any, any more confined space, you're going to need some type of exhaust fan to increase your airflow because, again, this is when your plant is most weak, which, which means it is most likely to get mold. It is most likely to have fungus grow on it, and it's most likely um, to succumb to insects. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if the buds are laying on a surface, like a drying rack or a box or bag, or one of um, one of those machines like I was talking about, you need to make sure that you're taking them out on a regular basis and rotating them. Um, I usually do this about twice a day. If you don't do this, um, the buds themselves are gonna slowly flatten out and they will look like they've had a brick sitting on top of them by the end of it. Um, and again, this process, you want it to take at least, at the very, very least, um, around 10 days. Extending it out longer than that is good, but anything quicker than 10 days, and then you're actually going to be hurting the quality of your product. It's going to be too dry. It's going to crumble when you touch it. Um, and when you smoke it, obviously, as soon as uh, a flame hits it, it's going to burn very, very quickly. So you will get less use out of it. So I know in the past we've talked about having fans like directly on the plant. Do we still want to do that at this point? So at this point, no, the, the fan doesn't need to be directly on the buds themselves. Uh, themselves. If they are hanging, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to point the fan right below the plants themselves instead of directly on them. This is going to keep the air flow. Um, it's going to keep the air circulating around the entire plant, and it's going to help prevent the mold. Um, if you just point the fan directly at the plant in this stage, you could just damage your trichomes. Again, it's very, very sensitive in this phase, and this is um, this can ruin all your hard work if you don't do this part correctly. So, and and that's always a shame to get to the very end and then have unusable product because of uh, a small mistake like that. So, again, key takeaways: um, make sure it's dark, and uh, make sure that there is an exhaust fan running or a fan blowing, not directly on them, but around them just to make sure that there's good air circulation. Um, and again, with the humidity, you wanna keep it at around 50% um, and 20 degrees Celsius temperature. Um, and yeah, just look at them every single day. You wanna, I, I usually, um, I only keep the light on for about, I would say, probably 10 minutes when you know depending on how many plants are obviously but once a day you're going to want to go in there turn on the lights um, inspect the plants pretty closely make sure you don't see any mold growing or any fungus or anything like that if you do find that um, if you see any mold on a bud at all cut the entire bud off of the stem throw it away in a separate room um, and then constantly check the rest of the plants regularly because generally if you see one spot um, it's already spread its spores elsewhere and there's going to be more but at that point you want to try to separate the buds as much as you can from each other and if you see any mold on any of them throw away that entire bud um, and then just hope that it doesn't spread to the rest of the branches right all right well good deal thanks for the great info on harvesting um, in the next episode, we're going to discuss curing in more detail. And if you have any questions about anything that we've discussed so far, or if there's something you would like us to talk about, please reach out via email at vafriedgreentomatoes at gmail.com. Uh, you can message us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. 
And we look forward to the next time. Thanks, everybody. See ya.